there, and welcome to the Animag Podcast. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Animag, the number one anime podcast on the planet that's currently sick. I'm your host, Asylum, sitting here with... Domicus, the one that's not sick. Yeah, dude, because you don't catch the flu... Or whatever it is that I have. I think it's just like a summer cold. Yeah, it's probably that. I only get sick, like, whenever the seasons change. Like, I only get sick, like, maybe twice a year. Dude, I get sick for any and everything. <laughs> like, somebody can come by me and be sick and fart, and I'll literally breathe that fart in, and I'll catch their sickness. I have a terrible immune system. Maybe they gave you a silent fart, and you just snuffed it. <laughs> I had to work with a girl that had COVID, so basically, I think I'm, like, in the early stages of COVID currently. But I'm trying to not panic, just trying to ride it out and see. But we're back Mm -hmm. this week, Rent-A-Girlfriend, Season 2, Episode 11, baby. We are getting so close to the end, I can taste it. I know, but hopefully they have another season and not gonna be like, oh, it's just gonna continue in the manga. I hope at least... On the next episode, which we all know now is the last episode of this season, I hope they do what they did in season one for this season, where they're like, look, we'll be back. It just might take a couple of years. Yeah. Because if it's a two-year wait, whatever, I'm pretty much set in my head at this point that I'm going to just go ahead and read the mangas. I can't wait another two years. I could be dead by then. I need to know what happens in this story. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive in. The show, in general, does a really good job at having you feel emotionally confused conflicted as to which girl is your favorite obviously unless it's mommy because we all hate mommy oh no don't hate mommy yeah well the comments in the post down below will say otherwise everybody hates kazuya that is true everyone does hate kazuya at this point but like for example what i mean this episode has opened my eyes and made me realize that if sumi was written a little bit better and just given a little more oomph so to speak you know where she was a little more outspoken she would really be an unstoppable character out of the four girls yeah i noticed that i think like enough to be up there and like truly compete with shizuru yes she would compete with shizuru ruka on the other hand no ruka no she's gotta go mommy is a crazy ex that he has a past with so at the end of the day she could compete but we know she's not trying to so really and truly it would boil down to sumi and shizuru the show opens up with kazuya doing some research he's trying to see what he could possibly do to help Chizuru out. Obviously, remember how the last episode left off. He wants to do something for her, but he kind of feels like his hands are tied, and he can't. So, as he's doing his research, he hears something hit his balcony door window, and this shocked him just as much as it did me, because I immediately knew that it was Chizuru throwing something at his window, this time, rather than the other way around. So, he goes outside, and Chizuru's like, look, I don't have much time, so I'm gonna make this quick. Sumi wants you to help her practice again, meaning her rent a girlfriend job. She gives him a time and she asks if that time's okay. The meetup was at 10 a.m., which he's like, damn, that's early. But it would seem as though Sumi has some sort of schedule planned out for the day, and that 11:30 was a very important time. And it was something that she says Kazuya couldn't miss, which we'll come to find out. Yeah, this was very important. So as Chizuru's yeah. walking back inside, Kazuya asks her if she's okay. Now, like I said in the last episode, it would seem that Chizuru in her head is content with knowing what is to come with her grandma you know like she knows her grandma's dying but in her head i think she has made peace with that fact
attacked. So she knows that she's done all she can do, basically. And she even says only fools look back on the past with regret. And then she turns the tables on Kazuya and she asks him if things are okay with Ruka. She even brings it up again that they started acting weird at the birthday party. He just says managing, I guess. And she's like, really? Good to hear. Have fun. And then she closes the door. So Kazuya shows up to the rental date with Sumi and immediately he notices that she's wearing a schoolgirl outfit and he's like, what? <laughs> Boom. Intro roll. Fucking Sumi. Accent cheese through. Hey, what does uh, Kazuya like? Oh, <laughs> he likes uh, girls in uh, fucking school uniform. He also is into fish. He likes fish and young mm. girls. He's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> but she did her homework though and that proves to be very viable for her in this episode because without her going and doing all the recon that we know she did the date might have not gone as perfectly as it went so he greets Sumi and she points in a direction and she just starts heading that way and Kazuya's really confused with this uniform that she's wearing and he starts to beat around the bush about it trying to figure out why she wore one he says Chizuru didn't tell me anything about a uniform so I just dressed normally and finally after some time he just asks her do you wear uniforms often she pulls out her phone and she starts typing and the text says i just thought you liked school uniforms kazuya and he's like what me <laughs> and then he thinks about what could have given her that idea that he likes schoolgirl uniforms and then it hits him and he asks her if she saw him and chizuru at the park on their rental date and this does get confirmed she did see them they both kind of wind up getting embarrassed here in this moment kazuya because he was seen on the rental date with Chizuru and Sumi because she assumed he liked schoolgirl uniforms which I mean he does and then she decided to wear one in an attempt to try and be cute for him so I really don't know why she was being all embarrassed right here so he realizes that they're at Aqua World which is like an aquarium it's actually kind of a perfect date to take Kazuya on seeing as he's kind of a fish nerd and he wonders if Chizuru told Sumi that he likes fish or if this is all just a coincidence and she actually speaks right here one of the handful of times in this episode which is kind of nice and she says I wanted to guide you today so they get inside and she's showing him a bunch of cool shit like this rad pirate ship ride and he notices that she's just kind of sitting on the floor <laughs> and he's like are you okay and she's like yeah so he sits down beside her and then this penguin walks out <laughs> <laughs> and he like he goes up a little ramp and he pulls a string with his mouth and it just reveals a scroll that says penguin <laughs> what the fuck i ain't gonna lie that penguin kind of reminded me of one of our old co-workers who man you know pothole super one oh my god yes <laughs> It, that would definitely be her. Let me show you all a trick. Pulls a string down to reveal a banner with its name on it. <laughs> so right here, Kazuya's like, so she knew about this, meaning that she probably has already been here or came here and did a tour by herself to plan all of this out. That's going to come back later into this conversation we're having. So he thinks in his head that her lack of communication skills makes it hard to predict what she's going to do or what she wants to do. She then takes him on a merry-go-round and he notices that her face was beat red on this ride as they were sitting together. They're like really close together. And he realizes that she's really forcing herself to do all of this. The ride starts moving and he's like, hey, this could actually be fun. When boom, the airflow lifts up Sumi's skirt and she has to catch it. And Kazuya starts spitting out water, which I don't even know where the fuck the water comes from. Because he wasn't drinking <laughs> he's any. He's like, damn, them thighs. Hey, uh? <laughs> he's like, them thighs. <laughs> really threw this man for a 
loop. So they take a picture by one of the fish tanks with a stuffed dolphin and they go to see the jellyfish hall. They have a coffee, essentially a typical but fun aquarium date. And Kazuya points out how this itinerary is kind of strict. Sumi's just doing everything back to back to back with no rest time in between. They wind up in the underwater tunnel and Kazuya sees a swordfish and he completely nerds out. He starts spitting <laughs> facts about the fish. Then he catches himself and he's like, God damn it, that must have been so cringe. But Sumi actually liked it. And he mentions how she might actually wind up being a natural at this job, the whole rent a girlfriend thing. And I kind of have to slightly agree to an extent. Like, sure, her communication skills need a lot of work, but when it comes down to the actual date, she really did plan out the perfect one for Kazuya. And I think she realized this as he was blurting out facts about the fish. That could be her special skill in the rental business, is making sure the date that she goes on with the renter is super catered to what they like versus just going do something typical like bowling and dinner. You know, maybe that's Sumi's superpower in that business. Yeah, basically, like, instead of worrying about, you know, how Kazuya with Chizuru, he wants to make Chizuru kind of, like, happy, you know, kind of get entertained. Well, for Sumi, she wants the client to have a great day. I just feel like Chizuru's gonna go do some typical, like, run-of-the-mill bullshit, but she has better communication skills, where Sumi is not so great at communicating, so, like, she can make the client feel more loved or more at home just by taking them on a really rad date that she set up. So, you got two girls that could be dangerous in this job, but dangerous in two separate categories. If they fuse, they would be the ultimate red girl. Honestly, yeah, if they would fuse, if Sumi could, like adapt and get Chizuru's communication skills, yeah, she would be top-notch. So finally, they get to the area where the dolphin show happens. (laughs) (laughs) And he mentions how he's always wanted to go there. Sumi lights up when she hears this. And Kazuya notices a sign that says the show was at 11.30, which is what Chizuru must have meant when she said he couldn't miss 11.30. So Kazuya takes a seat while Sumi went off to get them drinks. She comes back and she taps him on the shoulder and she kind of notions that they should move up a few seats. And at first he's confused and he's like, why the fuck should we move up a couple of seats? But then she points to some water on the ones where he was, letting him know that whoever sits there always gets wet from the dolphins splashing. It's right here that he asks himself if Sumi came here in advance to check all of this out. So the show starts and Kazuya's freaking out. He's having a super good time and Sumi's just looking at Kazuya. She kind of has watery eyes and her heart's beating really hard and at the end of the show it was time for the dolphin to splash the front row crowd and it starts (laughs) doing its thing and all the kids are having a great time but it turns out one of the dolphins was feeling extra good that day and would wind up splashing all the way up to Kazuya and Sumi drenching them in water. (laughs) Uh -uh. That dolphin was like "Uh uh-uh I see y'all bitches move up Uh uh-uh I'm going going for (laughs) you i'm reaching my limit today break him john we are getting wet today boys so kazuya looks over at sumi and she gets wetter than he did and he notices that the schoolgirl uniform at this point was basically see-through because he could see her bra and he quickly rips off his button-down shirt and he hands it to her in his head he's like i saw nothing i saw nothing i saw nothing <laughs> and then keep it together this dude keep sees it in the pants <laughs> this dude sees one little tiny piece of 
brawl and he's having a fucking meltdown. Get it together, my dude. So then we hear Sumi apologize and Kazuya realizes that she's apologizing because she must feel like she's failed him as a guide. So to make her feel better, and I suppose because he was also just having a great time, Mm -hmm. he starts to laugh and he says that this is what makes the dolphin shows so great. And he even pays her a compliment by saying she's super cute and how she is the best guide just based on how much fun he's having. So Kazuya goes to walk off to see if there is a shirt or a towel he could buy to dry them off. And we slightly hear Sumi say, crushing on you. This is what she says first, but she says it so low that he stops and he's like, what? She freezes and after a little bit, she says, oh, we're crushing it. So I think like right here, she was trying to tell him that, look, I have a crush on you. And then when he was like, wait, I didn't hear what you say. She just quickly reverted that situation into just saying, oh, we're crushing it. Cause then he's like, oh, we're on track with the schedule, huh? And she's like, yeah, good save, Sumi. Really good save. We can come to the conclusion that she was trying to tell him that she had a crush on him because as he starts to walk away, they show Sumi and her heart is beating faster than ever, like about to beat out of her chest. Oh yeah, I was hearing that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I think it's because she was getting ready to just try and tell him straight up, look, I have a crush on you, but she backed out. So they get changed into some shirts that they found at the gift shop and Kazuya's like, at least this one isn't see-through anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And after the aquarium, they wind up at a spot by a bridge in the city, a real romantic setting. And they sit down and at first there's a massive gap between them. Kazuya's thinking about the date and how perfectly planned out it was. He questions if this was all just professionalism or was this perfect because of other reasons? Because why go that far for just a rental date? He realizes that the area that they're sitting at currently at night was fueled by, and in his words, horny couples. <laughs> and he says this because we see one couple and the girl was like oh it's time to head back to the hotel and she's like we should pick up some strong booze on the way home <laughs> so, Sumi slowly starts to kind of scooch closer to Kazuya and he notices right away and he's like what is going on she says his name and he's like what you want to leave and she shakes her head no he notices that she's panicking and she's also blushing really hard at this point I ain't gonna lie whenever she scoot in i thought kazia scoot away dude that would have been so funny (laughs) (laughs) he would go to the edge he's like fuck 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 (laughs) tumi's just like i got you now bitch (laughs) (laughs) they're just chasing each other on the bench So the next thing you know, she makes a quick, sudden movement towards him, and I thought she was just going in for the kiss. And he screams, and then we see her, head down, arms in the air, holding a gift out for Kazuya, and she says, happy birthday. Really dramatic, if you were just going to give someone a gift. Like, I thought she was about to plant one on this man. That would have been Kazuya's second big kiss of the season. So he opens it, and it's a really cool beanie with a little fish on it. And he realizes that she remembered when his birthday was from when she axed some time ago. Then he realized that today was more than just a rental date. It was a way to celebrate his birthday with him and to also get some practice in. The entire day was basically a gift, not just the hat. And he realizes how far Sumi has come compared to the last time where she literally didn't say a single word. And then he thinks back to Ruka saying how she has come so far and Shizuru is also making advances in her life. And he thinks to himself how he is the only one who is still stuck in place. 
face. Yep. And it's like, yeah, bro, stop being a shitty person and leading four girls on and just tell them what you want. Yeah, bitch, you tried to be greedy and then fucking Chiju had to help you. Exactly. Man up and then maybe you wouldn't be stuck in place. Ruka was kissing you, you should have fucking pushed her away. <laughs> Threw her into the wall and <laughs> said, get off, bitch. <laughs> so Sumi sees that he's a little depressed, you know, thinking about all of this and she asks if something's wrong. She does this off her phone, obviously. Like, she types it and shows it to him. And he's a little hesitant at first, so he tells her, but he tells her in a way that does not out anyone. However, I think at the end of this, she knew who he was talking about, okay? She puts her hand over his, and she's like, please talk to me. It's my turn to play the role of the wall. And this can kind of go back to what we said a little while ago, where Chizuru might not be taking these people on very elaborate dates, but she's a good listener. She's someone that you can tell your problems to and she can maybe give you advice because she has good communication skills. So I think when Sumi says, it's my turn to play the role of the wall, I think that's what she meant. She wants to be the listener and maybe give some advice. She's really trying her best to practice here. So he tells her the story of Chizuru. He just says, my friend. He doesn't say the name and how her grandma is sick and might go soon and how she has no family after that. He says how it must be so sad for her, yet she continues to put on such a strong face. He then kind of gushes about Chizuru and says how she's always been a good friend and she's always helped both him and his family out even in her lowest point. Remember, he's not said Chizuru's name here. He's just saying, my friend. So he tells Sumi about her dream of wanting to be on the big screen and share that moment with her grandma before she does die. And just basically the entire story that we learned of Chizuru this season is what he tells Sumi. And at the end of this, he's crying and he catches himself. But then he notices that this story also has Sumi crying and she says she knows how he feels and she tells him to not carry all of that weight alone. She says how she's there for him, you know, and I think if she can be like that on every single rental date, she's going to be at the top of that fucking website. Sit down, Chizu. Dude, honestly, honestly, yes. If she's planning out perfect dates and if she listened to his story, I mean, these might be real emotions, but she still showed emotions to his story. She says she can relate. She's like, look, I'm here for you. Like, that's kind of fucking 10 out of 10, my dude. But I think she was that way for this particular person because it was Kazuya and she likes him. So they cry together for a while and all the while she was still holding his hand, but he notes that she wasn't holding his hand like someone would on a date. She was holding it more like a way to tell him one didn't need to be family to share in the pain. She was comfort Mm -hmm. holding his hand. So I don't know. That's pretty nice. I think that was my favorite part was the, the, the crying session fucking, the whole park scenery yeah the atmosphere was perfect for that yes. scene so after all of this they get to the train station and Kazuya looks like complete shit from crying so much <laughs> this dude's eyes are like black underneath and he thanks Sumi and he says how he didn't realize talking about it could lighten the load so much and he says how she was the best guide he could have hoped for she says bye and then she walks off then he says that he needs to get his act together and he notices an ad for a movie now this movie the ad said it was a crowdfunded which usually means like the fans paid for it okay or will pay for it he says it's important to rely on others and then he's like 
that's it. I think I found it. What I can do for Cheeseru. And then boom, the credits roll. I ain't gonna lie, I've seen Ruko on that. On what? That the movie? Whatever he was looking at, yes. Yeah, that did look like Ruka. It did. <laughs> but we'll finish this off and then I'll tell you my theory. Because that movie ad that he saw is very vital to my theory. So for the next yeah. episode stuff, we see Cheeseru okay. walking with someone that's not Kazuya. And she's holding his hand. So first of all, who the fuck is that? I think that's like, we're gonna go through her past. On how like oh how, what made her you think it was like her boyfriend actor. or something like an ex no like her first like day on the job rent a girlfriend like being a rental girlfriend okay because like right after this we see her watching a movie at the movies and she starts to tear up like she's starting to cry seeing this movie so <sighs> you ready for unless this fucking that, ready for this theory that was her boyfriend and she was watching a sad ass movie <laughs> I don't have a theory for the who the guy was, but I have a theory for the movie. I think Kazuya somehow got her into this crowdfunded movie. Obviously, like, if the crowd's paying for it, when it's a crowdfunded movie, they get to say, like, what does and doesn't happen in the movie. So maybe he mm-hmm. ends up, like, paying a fuck ton of money to have, if that was Ruka, have Ruka taken out the movie, have Chizuru put in the movie, or just scratch the whole Ruka thing altogether, or just pay to have Chizuru put in the movie so that her grandma could finally see her on the big screen. That's what he can do for Chizuru. You know how big of a dub that would be for this man? That would be a really big dub, but will it happen? That's I don't know. Question. I really don't know. Or she was watching a movie that had Ruka in it, and that's why she was crying. <laughs> She's like, Ruka made it before me, that bitch. <laughs> That bitch. I'm gonna kill her. So the next episode's called Girlfriend and Me. And this is confirmed that it will be the last episode of the season. Yes. So. Like, for me, for this episode, I had to, like, watch back on the whenever they were at the park because like i kept on getting distracted <laughs> <laughs> wait whenever they were having the cry session no whenever the bridge would appear i was like oh we're lightning strike over there which no oh i was like God. this man was watching- so consumed by the fucking atmosphere of the scene <laughs> You wouldn't get it because, like, there's a bridge scene in the Scientific Railgun and in a certain magical index between these the two main characters, and that's like the best arc Ah. in that series. And holy shit, I kept on thinking about them too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a pretty strong scene for the entire episode, to be honest. Yes, it's like we went into this episode knowing the Sumi that we've known for you know what we've learned this season, and she just slowly but surely leveled up by each moment in this episode. Yeah, and Ruka is slowly going down. Here's the thing, and I'm glad they didn't, like, I'm glad they didn't have it be to where Kazuya was still fucked up in his head about the kiss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Remember how, like, he wanted to out to Chizu's grandma and all this, all because of this kiss that, like, get this man off, like, don't make him think about that no more. And I think that doing this was the right thing, because now, he's got Sumi to think about as a big-time player. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably give this episode a 7, I'd say. I'm giving it a seven. Okay. Solid sevens. Obviously, it's just a filler episode. I mean, this does add something to the story for Sumi, but overall, I think this was just a filler. Um, Wouldn't it be like a little bit of story with Kazuya because of uh, (laughs) Sumi saying that, uh, oh, she's always there for him? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like majority of it just kind of helps Sumi's story. We... 
we'd need a little more development between them two for it to be super vital for Kazuya. But in a sense, like, I guess it does kind of help him too because now he knows how fucking rad Sumi is. Like, this chick took her own time, went to this fucking aquarium, she did this tour herself so she would know exactly where and how to bring this man around, knowing that he liked fish, bought him a fish beanie, which is also something that's even nicer because I thought she was going to go back to the store and buy him that ugly ass fedora. Yeah, me too. And she ends up buying him a really cool beanie. Mm. What do you think he likes more? You think he likes the phone case with the fish that Chizuru gave him or the beanie with the fish that Sumi gave him? Or the tie that Ruby Dude, Okay, I was going to say the tie, but yeah. the tie... <laughs> <laughs> the tie can't even compete because it don't even have a fucking fish on it. I know. Didn't it have, like, dinosaurs on it? Yes, because Ruka is a fucking child. Oh, this would make him more man-like. Like, no. That's like giving this man dinosaur chicken nuggets. Like, bro, you know he likes fish. Maybe Ruka doesn't know that he likes fish, but regardless, it took Sumi all of, what, two seconds to find out that he's interested in fish? Yeah. And Ruka went to his house. He has a fucking fish. He has a snake fish. That's a dead giveaway. Now hear me out. Sumi could be number one right away if Sumi would fuse with Chizuru and our boy Hagida. Oh my god. She would be like... We, She's we... just like him. Like, he barely oh, got true. any screen time and you just like the character. Honestly, yeah, because they really did Sumi dirty this season with how little they wrote her into the show, but not the older rental dates they went on, but like this one was fucking... She didn't have to say much and I was like, damn, it made me... I had her down at the bottom just because they didn't really write her into the story but now she quickly goes right up there Ruka's 100% at the bottom (laughs) it's Chizuru Sumi Mommy Ruka Damn, we already know who he's gonna end up with. Yes, the queen. It was huh. never not gonna be Chizuru, man. Oh, man. But that's pretty much it for this week's episode. All we gotta do now is make it to Friday and for the finale. For the finale. Season two. Very exciting, man. This has been a journey. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself once we don't have to record for a girlfriend and, and we're just waiting for Chainsaw to happen. Oh, don't worry. It's gonna feel weird. We got something we got something we got something i guess amop oh my god true we can start on that we can start on that it probably won't take a lot of time too i don't think so i think those will move pretty fast in the beginning once we start getting a little deeper into the story that's when because then we can analyze shit a little bit better if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about animag one piece where we're gonna be reviewing every single episode of one piece that exists yes so start start it to sign on the greatest anime oh that's gonna be a journey hopefully i don't die in the middle of this journey <laughs> nah you're gonna make it to the end you're I gonna hope, make it to I where hope. you get the one piece let's do it <laughs> So that's going to pretty much do it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed. Sorry that I'm sick and my voice is a little gross. Um, Hopefully that clears up for the next episode and then our overall review of season two. I'm praying. But if not, tough titties. We're still putting it out. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, take it easy and so long, everybody. Sayonara. Um, You forgetting something? Thank you for listening. There we go. (laughs) Be sure to visit at www.animag.org. Bye. (laughs) 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 Was that good? Yes, that was perfect.